Welcome back to episode 53 of the Guardian Project Podcast. I'm your host, Andy, and from this day forward, I am going to rebrand the term nosy neighbor to conspicuous snoop. Oh, that's nice. I like that. <laughs> uh, and I'm your co-host, Mike Coyle. And, you know, there, it's probably a good thing that I can't play Core 21 uh, in person. Because, okay. frankly, I think this meta uh, is terrible. And the only way you can tear is in person. Sorry, it's a stretch. It's a stretch. <laughs> Please listen carefully. All right. All right. I mean, I'll, I'll accept it. Not your finest work. <laughs> <laughs> and this is the podcast where we talk about all things Magic the Gathering. But mostly Commander. And before we start, we want to thank our patrons. We appreciate all of your support. If you want to support us, you can head to patreon.com slash guardianprojectpod. Um, come join the family. We have a Discord channel that you can jump into. And we want to send you stuff like tokens and um, make more content for you. Absolutely. Another really easy way you can support the podcast is whatever you are listening to the podcast on whether it's spotify apple youtube if you could drop a like a subscription uh, a comment we would really appreciate it we also have a tcg player affiliate link that you can find on our website at www.guardianprojectpodcast.com if you would follow that link whenever you are making your singles or sealed purchases from tcgplayer.com uh, it'll help the podcast out a lot we'd appreciate it and we did get we did get another review Oh. So it's working. You know, we appreciate it from uh, Matt Flucher. So um, we appreciate it. it. Says uh, these guys are great to listen to every week. Being a new commander, uh, um, new to commander, I look forward to the commander of the week to see uh, what different commanders do. Keep up the great work. So we really appreciate it. Thank Ooh. you. Um, I also have before I ask you what's on the agenda because that's the next thing that I usually do. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Fun fact, and it's a bizarre weird. It's a bizarre fun fact. Okay. Because it's not any particular year or any reason, but it's nine years ago today the first commander product was released. Oh wow. It, yeah. So I was like, oh, well, it's not 10 years, but next year I looked and it's not on June 17th is not on a Wednesday. So we definitely can't do this for the 10 year anniversary well, unless we rec <laughs> record off schedule. But so um, this was the year that we got the uh, the Kalia, Riku, Gave, Zedru and the Mimeoplasm oh. decks. Nice. So where were, happy you, where were you nine years ago, Andy? Nine years ago. I was living at my parents' house, finishing up my undergrad program, and uh, didn't play Magic for another two years. Yeah. Because I, I started in 2013. I remember going to college, because I was in college at this time too, uh, <laughs> freshman year. Someone had a uh, like a raffle or a giveaway, and they were giving away a booster box of Magic the Gathering cards. And I thought, that guy who won that prize must be a real big nerd, that guy. <laughs> <laughs> But he wasn't you, and now you're that big me. old nerd. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, happy ninth anniversary, Magic the Gathering Commander. Woo! Um, aside from that, what else do we have on the agenda today? So, last week we had our 52nd episode, and we kind of took a, a small hiatus, and we talked about the podcast. So, this week we're going to talk about... Uh, a couple things that kind of already happened last week. We were able to go a little bit in depth into it. We're going to talk about the commander rule change that happened last week. The die triggers that allowing uh, commanders to trigger die effects and what is entailed with that. Um, and exile effects for what it, what it matters. Uh, we're going to talk about core 2021 
uh, spoilers. The whole set has now been spoiled. So we yes. can talk about some of our favorite cards, cards that we think are going to impact the commander format, maybe something outside the commander format. And, mm-hmm. of course, we will finish out the episode with a brand new commander to Andy's arsenal, Commander of the Week. Yes. I will, we'll, we'll, we'll hold them in suspense until the Ooh. end of the episode. Gotta wait till the end now. <laughs> um, so, Commander's Rule update for Dice Triggers. Coil, tell us about this rule that... I'm quite frankly thrilled with because I have a commander that cares about this. Yeah, yeah. So um, for the longest time, uh, when a commander got killed or exiled in a game of commander, you had the option of doing a replacement effect for that death so that the commander doesn't have to go to the graveyard or a replacement effect for the exile so the commander doesn't have to go to exile and it can instead go into the command zone. Since this was a, like I said, replacement effect, this made it so anything that uh, triggers on when when the creature died or when the creature left the battle or when the creature got exiled uh, left the battlefield would still trigger, um, but those things would not trigger when you use one of these replacement effects. So there were some commanders out there um, that like death triggers that you need to send to the graveyard in order to get them to trigger. Uh, but maybe you didn't have a good way of getting out of the graveyard because you're in the wrong colors or something. People weren't playing um, these particular commanders or were playing them suboptimally. And um, the commander advisory group, commander rules committee, got together. It was during Command Fest uh, a couple weekends ago that they announced mm-hmm. it, um, that they are going to change what happens here. And if a commander has an ability which triggers on it dying or going to exile, it will trigger before going to the command zone. Um a couple weird things that has to happen. So technically the commander does uh, is going to be going to the graveyard. It is going to be going to exile at least very temporarily before it reaches its command zone. And there are some certain interactions that can actually care about that. Um, I know like uh, I think the new Aethrios with bounty counters on it will care so that if your commander does have a bounty counter on it, even if you decide to send it back to command zone, it is going to hit those other zones first and Aethrios will be able to steal uh, that person's commander. A lot of other nuances like that, but I think the big thing is there's some um, legendary creatures out there that cared about dying that weren't in colors to get reanimated well that are going to be seeing um, some big stuff on top of just like some extra death triggers here and there. Yeah. Um, So I actually compiled, I I went on over to Scryfall and... um, I love Scryfall. We love Scryfall. it's It's so easy to search for stuff. I wasn't a believer before. I'm a believer now. And what I this did, isn't this isn't even sponsored. This is no. just, it's great. Yeah, Scryfall is just awesome. Gatherer, I mean, you're supported by Wizards of the Coast. You're technically the official one, but Scryfall, eh, you're easier to use. You can find more specific things. Yeah. Sorry, not sorry. Uh, so <laughs> what I what I did is I went into Scryfall and I looked up all legendary creatures that has the word dies in its text. Um, obviously, you're going to bring up some other stuff that says whenever another creature dies um, in some of those text boxes. So we're going to weed those particular commanders out um, to look at the commanders that are most gaining from this uh, change. And um, particularly, we want to look at commanders. Uh, I'm going to just touch base real quickly on two of them. Uh, Alenda the Dusk Rose and uh, Kokusho the Evening Star. 
mm-hmm. are two really big commanders that cared about dying. Uh, Alenda the Dusk Rose has the ability says whenever she dies, you create a 1-1 white vampire creature token with lifelink where X is its power. Gets extra plus one, plus one counters from other things dying. So even that's going to see benefit from other commanders dying. Um, but the big thing is people were taking Alenda and they couldn't put her back in the command zone when she died. Luckily, you are in black and white, which is the, the two best colors for reanimation ability. Um, so Alenda is affected in only in a positive way, but less so than some of these other commanders because she already has access to those necessary reanimation colors. Obviously, Kokusho is exactly the same way. Uh, when Kokusho, the evening star, dies, each opponent loses five life. You gain life equal to the life lost this way. Mono black, I mean, you have... I, I, I played a Kokusho um, yeah, a, deck great. a long time ago, and I think you can run like 20 reanimation spells. <laughs> it, it's pretty, and those are all 20 reanimation spells that are under um, four CMC or four CMC or less. So the deck was good even without this uh, this new rule change. Yeah, it just becomes better. It just makes it so if you don't have a reanimation spell in your hand, you can just let it go back to command zone and recast 100%. it. 100%. Yep. Um, you will probably see some abuse with infinite mana now uh, a lot more with these. Um, so uh, let me real quickly, well, maybe not real quickly, <laughs> go through some of these other commanders that are, are going to see this huge benefit because they're not in those proper colors. Uh, the first one is a brand new uncommon legendary uh, from Theros Beyond Death. We're looking at Annex Hardened in the Forge. Mm-hmm. It's a one red red um, star three where its power is equal to your devotion to red. And he says whenever Annex or another non-token creature you control dies, you create a one one red satyr creature token with when this uh, with this creature can't block. If the creature had power four or greater, create two of these tokens instead. So before you would need to have Annex go to your graveyard in order to get tokens out of his own death. Now you don't have to, which is actually super great. Yeah. Um, I always thought the ability was a little underwhelming. I thought maybe you could get a token for every like two power or three power or something like that. So you're only if ever going to get two. I wish it scaled. That'd be yeah, great. That would be awesome. Um, but this way, you're at least almost always going to get your two creatures when when Annex dies. Um, mm-hmm. Sticking in mono red, we also have Tuck Tuck the Explorer, which was printed in uh, the commander set with Duretti Scrap Savant. Mono Wasn't red it Duretti? originally from Rise of the Eldrazi? Uh, it's possible. It's I possible. think it's from Rise of the Eldrazi. Um, it very well could be, and it would make sense. So Tuck Tuck the Explorer, he's uh, two and a red. You get a 1-1 one, one legendary creature goblin with haste. think, mm-hmm. why would you pay three mana for a 1-1 one, one with haste? <laughs> uh, he says, when Tuck Tuck the Explorer dies, create a legendary 5-5 five, five colorless goblin golem artifact creature token named Tuck Tuck the Returned. So again, before you would have to throw Tuck Tuck into your graveyard in order to get that token, which could easily be removed, and then you might not have a way of getting Tuck Tuck back into your hand or onto the battlefield. Now, you stick them back in, uh, in Mono in Red Golems. Mono yeah. Red Golem Tribal. You can do it much easier now. Yes, and it is, um, it does, so it is a legendary token, so it'll be a little bit harder to abuse. Oh, uh, sure. Because you can only have one token because of the legendary rule, but that's yeah. it's still going to see lots of benefits big one a lot of people love it and by that i mean most people would not want to sit down in a pod with this creature anymore and that's child of lara yeah yeah i've been <laughs> at that table twice yeah so there's uh there is a player at one of our lgs's that does have a child of Alara deck that does focus <laughs> around about a lot of reanimation uh, abilities which you're required to do with the old commander rule with the new commander rule, you got a board wipe in the command zone pretty much whenever you want to. Mm-hmm. It, it's pretty great. 
It, you know, I think it's gonna it's gonna see extra play for you know from what I've been reading online. Mm-hmm. I think people are gonna do it. They're gonna go, hey, I did it, and their friends are gonna say, hey, I hate you, and then they're gonna take it apart like like you do. You know, I put together a mono blue turns deck, it got taken apart. I put together a just guy extra turns deck, it got taken apart. I did it the four or five times and said, I can't do this to my friends. I want to have the friends. So. I- I do feel like there's there's probably like some fair <laughs> decks out there with child at the helm. I can only think of this just makes um Child of Alara five color planeswalkers just absolutely amazing. Like it, it destroys the, all non-land permanents. So it hits all the planeswalkers. Never mind. Yeah. It's just not fun. I mean if you want to blow things up, sure. What if we, I, the, what if someone was playing a lands matter Noyandar deck? But in Child of Alara colors. Um, Just animate all your lands. Destroys all non-land permanents. Swing for win. If Noyandar was five color, (laughs) I'd be playing Child of Alara. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No, this this card got a bump. It's real good. Um, I have my favorite card, which I'm going to leave for last. It's actually a deck that I'm building next. Um. So before we get to that, I want to talk about the other Kamigawa dragons that, uh, besides Kokusho, that will see a big bump uh, in their effectiveness. Um, Each one of them has a trigger when it dies. uh, It'll get to do something. So in mono green, we have Jugan the Rising Star, which will put five plus one plus one counters on any number of target creatures. Kaiga the Tide Star, which is our mono blue. This is when it dies, gain control of target creature. Uh, Ryusei the Falling Star, which is red. Um, this is when it dies. It deals five damage to each creature without flying. And of course, the worst one of them all, and by that I mean to play against, it's Yosai the Morning Star, which is our mono white that says when it dies, target player skips his or her next untap step, tap up to five target permanents that player controls. You say so, that like you've played against it. I have. Um, and I'm not well, looking forward not as to. the commander, though. I'm not looking forward to someone. You like making Bomberman combo or something with Yosai and making it so I literally can never untap for the rest of the game or something like that. And for everyone listening, Bomberman combo is? Uh, so there's a card called Ariok Salvagers, which I think is three and a white for a, uh, I want to say it's a core a core warrior or something. It's, anyway. it, sure. It's a competitive combo too. So. Yes. The, the important part is it has pay one and a white. Return target artifact from your graveyard to your hand. You use it with an artifact called Lion's Eye Diamond. Lion's Eye Diamond is a zero-cost artifact. It says tap it, sacrifice it, uh, and discard your hand. Add three mana of any color to your mana pool. Um, so you can loop the Lion's Eye Diamond to create an infinite number of white mana because you're producing three white mana and only spending one and a white mana to return it to your hand. Cost zero to cast. You can get Storm Triggers... The good 100%. thing is Lion's Eye Diamond is like a bajillion dollars. Yeah, hopefully and you don't see I've that. Never, I've, I've only played against it once in a, in a pod that we got we got stomped. I, so, I played it in my Sidisi Undead Vizier deck. But I never died to that. That's true. Because I, I only killed other person, people with it. Yes. <laughs> only much. unsuspecting people died to that deck. Yeah, um, so the dragons are very good from the Kamigawa block. Here. Yeah. They, they got a bump. Even like um, mono blue, you have uh, dramatic scepter combo. So comboing off with Kaiga, the Tide Star, you could steal everyone's creatures on the board. 
and mm-hmm. if if they don't have summoning sickness maybe you can swing to win but um yeah a lot of these guys got very abusable now with this with this die trigger again with infinite mana there's so, a couple other um kamigawa black legendary creatures that i guess care about this too like um, you talking about the spirits yeah the spirits or the, there's also a human monk okay um, which, which one's the human? I don't know that one. Uh, Hamura, human ascendant. Um, when it's put into a graveyard from play, it doesn't actually say the word dies. Mm. Um, you can flip it so you can reanimate it to a legendary enchantment that has creatures you control, get plus two, plus two, and have fire breathing. So you can. Um, I'm sure this one didn't pull up in the scryfall because you no, said it, you searched for the word dies. Did, or did it, it did because it had dies. I think the reason I didn't include it is because it will return to the battlefield after it dies. Yes, yes. So that that is that is true. So um, I guess it, it it's just impacted. I guess, and I do run this one yeah. in uh, Tibor and Lumia. So I thought it was interesting that that um, this one appeared on my list. I know I was uh, spending a little bit of time on an MTG finance thread on Reddit at one point when they were talking about how Alenda the Dusk Rose was going to see a price increase, which she did uh, yep. when when this ruling came out, and Kokusho did too, and a lot of people were shooting it down because of how many reanimation spells are in Mono Black. Same argument can be made for Alenda, but you don't want to include those cards. Blah, blah, blah. Um, someone had brought up that um, uh, the Boros legendary printed in not this year's commander, but last year's commander, uh, Weatherlight Gerard. Oh, Gerard. Yep. So people were arguing that Gerard would be a really good spec um, because Gerard has a death trigger. But Gerard's death trigger actually says when Gerard dies, you may exile him then. So on that second instance, when you exile him, you can then use the replacement effect to put him back into the command zone. So Gerard's abilities and the way that he worked in a deck actually didn't change at all uh, with this new ruling change. Gotcha. The last guy I wanted to talk about, the deck that I am making, to sit opposite of Andy's Voral of the Hulklade, I have my Roalesque Apex Hybrid. So Rolex Apex Hybrid is two green, green, blue. Uh, it's a, a four, five human mutant with flying and trample. When it enters the battlefield, you put two plus one, plus one counters on another target creature you control. And then when Rolex dies, proliferate, then proliferate again. So Rolex and Simic didn't have a lot of, didn't have, I think, any ways to get him directly back onto the graveyard from, or onto the battlefield from the graveyard, except for Finale of Devastation, which can target creatures in your graveyard, by the way. <laughs> which everyone always forgets, including me. Because <laughs> um, I've never done that. It's a, uh, I think I've done it once, maybe. <laughs> Um, but in Simic, you didn't have reanimation spells. There are some um, cards in green that can return permanence uh, from your graveyard to your hand, and you can recast them. Uh, but this is a huge win uh, for Rolesque. It actually makes him, uh, I, I would say, a very Playable. strong commander. I, yeah. I, I, I would, I'm going to say very strong. Um, yeah. I'm playing him in a Planeswalker shell so that I get sure. double proliferates when he dies uh, with a few creatures that are going to help him out. Um, nice. But yeah, you can play this plus one, plus one counter. You can play it negative one, negative one counter. You can play it Infect. I mean, Infect is supported very well in green and blue. Um, so interested to see how many Roalesque players are going to come out of, the, out of this. I was speaking of Roalesque. So I run Roalesque in my Ravnica cube. And mm-hmm. I panicked a little because I was like, I'm foiling the cube out. And I swear to God, I'm going to be so mad if this is... And it, it spiked to it like r- pretty expensive. And now it's a $20 foil. I already had it in foil. Nice. Dodge that bullet. <laughs> I, was, I was like, oh no, this is going to be so expensive. No, nope, very, I had, very nice. I, 
I immediately ran upstairs and looked, and I, I was a big sigh of relief. Whew, I did it. I did it. I did the right thing. When You know, I would like to say that I knew it was coming. I have no insider knowledge. I just made the right choice That's at the right. right time when it was like $1.50 so this foil. Is this foil mythic $1.50? I think I'll pick that one up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, we'll have both characters now from our logo. And yes. we'll have to definitely play. A, we'll have to have a Simic theme night one night. We could do people. like, we could try to do like a two-headed giant against someone mm-hmm. else too. I That'd mean, be fun. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> you also didn't mention my commander, Omnath Locus of Rage. It does care about dice triggers. I get to lightning bolt. It so does get an extra lightning bolt i get which, an extra lightning bolt which doesn't sound like a lot when it comes to commander where there's 120 other life that you have to reduce down but that lightning bolt is so important there's there's <laughs> it, it always matters <clears throat> yeah yeah and i guess Pashlik mons cares because it says when it or another goblin dies so at least you get to deal one damage of Pashlik mons as well so i i would actually like to see someone playing a Pashlik mons mono red goblins deck because i only ever see cranko uh, myself included <clears throat> yeah so um i'm excited to see the row less deck um and i i'm i'm interested to see how many more of these will play you know i i've been playing against um decks i just played some games last night online and i've been playing i played against two new decks that i hadn't played neither of them were part of this list i played against a snapdax deck and i played against a Horobi death's whale deck and um Oof, they're both really good. It was Snapdax, Infect, and then Hirobi, Target Everything, which just spells that have, like, prevent one damage to this creature. Oh, it just gets destroyed now. Yep. Um, so that that was very interesting. And not, I mean, it, honestly, when they're taking on four people, it's not as oppressive because they can't keep their commander out because no one will let it stay out. Right, And because Hirobi is subject to the same thing, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So that was that was a lot of fun. Um, so if you're playing any of these commanders, um, tweet at us if you're playing with the new commander's dice trigger. And we did actually. We played with um, <clears throat> the guys from Commander Social, Ryan mm-hmm. and Zach. Um, this past week on Friday, we streamed with them. Um, and we used the new commander's dice trigger. We, we decided, well, let's do it because it said, you know, I mean, you can implement any rule anytime. So these come out with uh, Core 2021, but we wanted to see how it worked. And um, I played Tesa Karlov and that was kind of cool because Tesa triggered my all my cards that, you know, care about creatures dying. Yeah. So, so you, saw, a- you saw a double blood artist trigger. But and people say, oh, it's not that much better. But double grave prac triggers pretty freaking good. Let me tell you. Double open the graves for two, two, two zombies. I mean, that deck, um, I, I, I do feel that the commander's dice trigger really, uh, really matters for my taste deck. Yeah. Love it, it. Like I said, people, people didn't think it would matter. Just that one extra trigger of your other cards. It matters. Mm-hmm. Uh, it totally yeah. matters. Yeah. So... Um, that is the update on dice triggers. I'm sure there are some weird nuances. If you haven't checked it out, Rune of the Hidden Realm has some, some, uh, been, been beefed up a little bit. There's a video that the command zone did. I know that, um, Nick, who's played with us on stream, is it Nick? He has a Rune of the Hidden Realm and Brian, um, Brian, um, our old co-host, uh, who's also played with us on stream, has a rune deck and, um, that, that's pretty gross. So check out the command zones video on that. Um, uh, the rules, the 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 commander advisory group. Um, there was a tweet that said, "We'll we'll look into how this interaction looks." So, um, I think it's fair. 
it makes room better but it makes room better but you have to run all the stifle triggers and the you know so it's it's pretty interesting though stifle Uh, under an isochron scepter with rune okay now we have a problem yeah right (laughs) um so though let's move on to core 2021 it is now fully spoiled and we have a bunch of cards that we want to talk about we're not going to go too in depth with all of them these are the ones that we think were relevant or cards that were happy were reprinted so for reprints we won't go through the full summary of what what they all do but we got fabled passage really great for commander Ugin the Spirit Dragon. Grim Tutor is a win for people who are looking for a tutor to be able to actually open out of a pack in a standard set again. Uh, Massacre Worm, uh, great first time being reprinted. Azusa Lost But Seeking, reprinted again. People have been asking for Azusa for a long time. And then Commander or Containment Priest. Um, it, Containment Priest is, is pretty relevant in some situations. Um, really very, great. Very in, big deal for modern, having Containment yeah. Priest now. Yes, and and very good in against decks that just uh, reanimate that Coca show or create tokens or create the tokens. Um, but let's talk about some new cards that um, we are excited about. So we'll start with colorless. Um, the the one that that I I thought was. Um, most important to talk about new card wise was chromatic orrery so it's an artifact for seven generic mana spend this as though it, um, you may spend mana as though or mana of any color and it taps to add five colorless um, specifically colorless mm-hmm. and then you can pay five generic and tap it to draw a card for each color among permanents you control so um it's cool it costs seven it's kind of expensive um, I have a deck that that it slots right into Joda Archmage Eternal. Mm-hmm. Uh, you pay you can pay Joda says you can pay white blue black red green and cast a spell um, without paying its full mana cost. So I can pay Wooberg and play this, and then I can tap this for five generic, spend it as though it were mana of any color, which is another Wooberg, and then cast another spell. So essentially, this replaces itself and lets me spend mana as though or any color. So it's really good in, in that deck in particular. I don't know if it's going to be super relevant, but I do like cards that say I can spend mana as though it was mana of any color. Yeah, I don't. I personally don't love it because it costs seven mana, but that's about right. the only... If I were to play an artifact deck that reduced the cost of all of my artifacts and eventually I'm like only spending three mana to cast it, I mean, it becomes a net positive mana rock, absolutely. 100%. I agree with you. The, the thing that brings it down is that CMC of seven. For sure. Yeah, the legendary doesn't even matter. I don't even care about that. In our format, we, we like legendary permanence. Yeah, it's true. We don't All care. right. <laughs> so let's move on to white. We yes. have we have a new planeswalker. Can That's I talk cool. about can I talk about the new planeswalker? You can. I was just I was just uh yep, go for it. I figured you were gonna hand it to me anyway. I was because but... it was I was gonna say the one that Coyle guessed correctly on our uh speculation i did it as a joke and i was right anyway (laughs) (laughs) so basri basri ket is our new planeswalker from the plane of Amonkhet, the best plane in all of magic the gathering it's a good plane the flavor is fantastic and i love the artwork yeah so so this guy was a follower of oketra so he's in the mono white uh section here he's for one white white for three loyalty uh, you get Legendary Planeswalker, Basri. And you can plus one to put a plus one, plus one counter up to one target creature. It gains indestructible until end of turn. Minus two whenever one or more non-token creatures attack this turn. Create that many 1-1 one, one white soldier creature tokens that are tapped and attacking. 
Uh, minus six, you get an emblem with at the beginning of combat in your turn. Create a one-one white soldier creature token. Then put a plus one plus one counter on each creature you control. Um, Bastery is going to be, uh, you know, an auto include in my Jiru with eyes open mono white planeswalkers deck. This yep. guy is actually right on curve for Winota in standard and probably Winota in commander as well. You might as well play all the token generation you can get um, with Bastery. I think he's going to be probably underwhelming in standard, but but good in commander is how I would put him. Yeah, I like I like that emblem. If you get the emblem with the the white soldier and then put a one one counter on each creature you control, that's really good. Although it doesn't necessarily work with your mono white Jeru deck, it I still I mean it not that it doesn't work, but um, people this is people cool. kill all my tokens. <laughs> they take out your tokens, yeah, and then they... I can't block them. They take out the blockers. That's how the deck <laughs> runs. <laughs> Um, yeah, so we have Basri. We have another white legendary here, um, Mangara, the Diplomat. So three and a white for a 2-4 human cleric with lifelink that says whenever an opponent attacks with uh, attacks with creatures, if two or more of those creatures are attacking you and or planeswalkers you control, draw a card. Whenever an opponent casts their second spell each turn, draw a card. We have card draw and mono white. Yeah, I love a it. Repeatable card draw that doesn't cost mana. It does not cost mana. It it also can can um, act as a deterrent for your opponents to not swing at you with multiple creatures. And uh, when they cast their second spell, spoiler alert: I cast two spells all the time. All the time. All the, uh, I mean, yeah, I'd say in some decks almost every turn because I just. Spell yeah, draw so much. Jorian Ruin Diver tries to cast two spells on every single person's turn. Yeah, so I I think this card's great. I think the price right now for it is a bit high. I think once the set is out and is being opened, that price will go down a little bit. That's just how I do. I like to wait a bit. Sure. And uh, I'm gonna pick up a copy um, to put in a deck. I have no home for it yet, but that is my plan. I like it, it a lot. It is Mythic Rare. Um, I don't. It would. I almost guarantee it won't see play in standard unless humans become unless black white humans becomes a thing. Which honestly, black white humans doesn't look too bad right now for standard. <laughs> they reprinted Kite Sail Freebooter in Core Twenty One, which was a. It, which is a it's very, the first thing I thought of when I saw it. I was like, uh, Coil played this when it was in standard last time, and it was really good. Yeah, I mean, it's played in modern humans too. It, it, the card is amazing. Uh, one two flyer human for one and a black. But anyway, uh, Mangara. <laughs> Uh, I think, honestly, is probably going to be the most popular mono-white commander. Just people are going to want to play mono-white good stuff. Over SRAM, you think? Uh, More popular, yes. Not better. Okay. All right, we'll check it out. No, I'm, I'm just interested. You know, mm-hmm. I, I have a mono-white commander now. I built Heliod the Sun Crowned. Um, very popular as well. So, But I do expect now that there is some card drop, it's going to you know go up in the ranks. It, it'll, it'll be on that top list, at least the top five. You know, we'll see. We'll see where it hits in like six months. We'll have to circle back. Six months from now, circle back. Um, put it on the board. Put it on the board. Another card I wanted to talk about is Nine Lives. So it is an enchantment for one white white. It has it has hexproof, and it says if a source would deal damage to you, prevent that damage and put an incarnation counter on Nine Lives. When there are nine or more counters on Nine Lives, exile it. Nine or more in incarnation counters specifically. Um, and then it says when nine lives leaves the battlefield, you lose the game. 
Um, I like cards that have crazy effects like this. Mm -hmm. We already had, was it Lich's Mastery? Is that one still in standard that you lose the game, but you can't? It's like when you're dealt damage, you sack a permanent. I forget uh, if it's in standard right now. It's black. It's, uh... Is, is it Lich's Mastery? There's Lich's Mirror from Mystery Boosters. No, um... Let me look up. Lich's Mastery, and it is in... Oh, it's from Dominaria. So it had Hexproof. You can't lose the game. When you gain life, draw that many cards. When you lose life, for each life you lost, exile a permanent you control or a card from your hand or graveyard, and then when this leaves, you lose. So it just it's very reminiscent of this. Yeah. That was three black, black, black. This one is one white, white. Um, relevant in Commander for Zedru players. You play this. Maybe you hold on to it for a bit because then you know you are preventing damage dealt to you. And then with Zedru, you give it away to someone. Neither you wait for them to get that ninth counter put on it, or you cast something to bounce it back to your hand and, and they lose the game immediately. It's another win con for that deck. Um, I think the Zedru deck is just really fun as it is. It's just a fun deck that does things that you don't normally see. Um, I want to build it, um, but it's not It's not a good deck. It's not conducive to uh, webcam play right now. Yeah. Um, I cannot turn the card around and track who's owning it and who... Ha it's just it's too confusing. It is. So we wanted to do a, a Jeskai stream for the 4th of July, and that's the one I wanted to put back together. I'm not going to do it for that reason, but when I do put this back together, if we find a way to record um, in person... I will be playing nine lives. There you go. Yeah, I think it's the standard version of Phyrexian Unlife, which is also a three mana white enchantment. It says uh, if your life total would be reduced to, to zero, you don't lose the game. Um, if you ever if you ever take damage beyond zero, you get that many infect counters. Um, so it will you know combo with Solemnity. And Solemnity is a card printed in Hour of Devastation that says players and permanents can't get counters. Um, so this is, you know, uh, Frexian Unlife wasn't available in Pioneer or Historic. So Nine Lives is going to be now available in both of those formats with Solemnity alongside it. So we'll see if that shakes up the format. It'll probably just, you know, there might be one or two jank decks. You just have to be careful because if you play that and someone says destroy all enchantments, like you said, it's an auto lose. Right, right. So you want to take our last white card? Um, so... The the one white um, human cleric that they printed as Vigilance and Lifelink. This is Speaker of the Heavens. Um, so you can tap to create a 4-4 white angel creature token with flying. Uh, activate this ability only if you have at least 7 life more than your starting life total. And only any time you could cast a sorcery. I mean, this, is, this guy is just a 1 mana that's going to give you a 4-4 every turn in your life gain commander deck. Whether you're playing... You know, the new mono white Daxo. So if you're playing Heliod, um, you're pretty much always going to be sitting at more than seven life above your life total. And for a one mana guy that you can swing with, has Vigilance and Lifelink and gain your one life, and then tap him and create a 4 4. Um, I think it's going to be just like almost, it, almost an auto include in every single life gain deck because one mana to create a 4 4 is really good. Yeah, I agree. That wasn't the one that I, I saw on the list. Maybe I'm crazy. No, no, that was one from my list. I'm sorry. Oh, I was like, I thought we were looking at the same <laughs> list. It's <laughs> like, that's not the one. The only other one that I had was uh, Pack Leader with our dog tribal. 
Other dogs get plus one, plus one. And uh, when it attacks, prevent all combat damage, that would be dealt to dogs you control. So um, I did I did uh, think that we were going to get some dogs on that speculation, and uh, we did get some dogs. So yeah. that, was, that was exciting. Getting a ton of dogs in Jumpstart. Yeah. <laughs> um, Want to move on to blue? Yes. Let's move on all to blue. Right. All right. I'm going to take the one that I want to talk about the most, which is... Which is the, a new the instant. instant. Yeah, okay. It's a new instant called discontinuity. Um, and as soon as this was uh, posted in our group chat, Coil responded with "boo." boo. <laughs> so Let me play I, magic. <laughs> <laughs> I I love having um, this card. Uh, three blue, blue, blue. Uh, as long as it's your turn, the spell costs two blue, blue less to cast. So it's uh, you know it only costs uh, one blue, blue. I'm sorry, one and a blue. Yeah. Yeah, on your turn. Um, you end the turn. Uh, so Sundial of the Infinite at instant speed. You exile all spells and abilities from the stack, including this card. And then the player whose turn it is discards down to their max hand size. Damage wears off, and this turn and until end of turn effects just stop. So um, <clears throat> this does act as a counter spell. Um, or from a horrible death that you're going to suffer from a terrible swing. Or some combo that's happening just i'm gonna be done with this we're gonna stop this now um i this is a contender for my noyan dar deck i have not gotten a card from a set in a little while that i would want to put in noyan dar because it's just so it needs like it has to be super relevant or or cast you know cost appropriate an appropriate amount and i think noyan dar would care about a one and a blue on my turn to end it because yeah. I don't normally swing until I can. And um, I cast spells that get countered on my own. So I guess I could do this and it still counts for the cast trigger. Or it wouldn't actually because you just end the turn immediately. Yeah. But I still like discontinuity. So Yeah, it um, seems seems like it's going to be a strong card. Um, it gets around things like Veil of Summer, which is no longer legal and standard. But um, it, it is, you know, Veil of Summer is still seeing play in Pioneer. And in Commander, if you're playing against like a Gitrog combo deck or something, that's going to be their only use of protection. So discontinuity, um, I could see seeing play in competitive formats as well. Yeah. So the other blue card we wanted to talk about was, of course, the namesake for Core 21. And that's Teferi. Teferi Master of Time. Not blue which, white. Now, which artwork are we talking about? Because they're all one. different. Do you want to talk about, okay, the purple I one. only talk about the purple one. Are you kidding okay, me? Okay, so if you are looking at this and you're following along, look up the, the artwork that looks like it has the most purple in it. That's right. So there's four <laughs> different artworks for Teferi, just by color. And then there are also there's an extended, extended art version yep. and a foil version of the regular and a foil version of the extended art. So fat. So, so is that 10, four, 10 different It's foils? 24 Tw different Teferis you can get from Core 21. Which 24? Right? 8? Wait, 8? No, you doubled it. It's 12. I did. I did. I was It'll like, no, no, no. Coil's, Coil's designing artwork on his own. He's sticking them into packs. So if you get a custom artwork, you call us. No, it's 16. <laughs> it's 16. Right. So there's all four. I know is those completionists that like to get play sets of everything. Good luck. I like a single foil. 
And um, this will be going into my Planeswalker deck. Replacing, will, I think, Vraska the Unseen. This will Goodbye. also be going into my Planeswalker deck. Replacing yeah. probably a basic land, Andy, like you're supposed to do it. <laughs> the worst. <laughs> so Teferi, Master of Time. He's two blue-blue um, for with three loyalty that has uh, a passive. This is you may activate loyalty abilities of Teferi Master of Time on any player's turn anytime you could cast an instant. His plus one says draw a card, then discard a card. His minus three says target creature you don't control phases out, which is a returning mechanic from a long time ago, which means it's basically not on the battlefield, but it doesn't count as leaving the battlefield until it phases back in. So you don't yeah, get this. Yeah, just put like a little blanket minus. over it. Just put a little blanket over just it. Blanket it's not, it doesn't exist. <laughs> just put newspaper on top. All disappears. All goes away. Um, you can also minus 10 him to take two extra turns after this one. Just casual. I love it. Casual two extra turns. So <laughs> this guy is going to be insane in commander because you can activate him four times per round which is already crazy now his passive does say it's only him that can activate it but they have this card called jace's or called spark double that's currently printed in standard so you can make two copies of teferi and activate both of them on every single player's turn and it ain't gonna take long for you to deep close gate get to 10 loyalty and take four extra turns with those two cards and i look forward to it i look forward to it very much in standard right now, there's also a combo with this. A Sarkon the Master List, Teferi Master of Time, Portal of Sanctuary, and the Ozolith, which uh, the, the four of those combined uh, is, is infinite turns. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, this feels like good luck, it's a dream, but I guess you could curve out one, two, one, three, it, four, and five. It's right on curve, yeah. Um, but, you know, it's... it's um, I, I love it. I, I, if someone ever makes it happen, please take a, a short video or a screenshot that you did it. Um, I would love to live that dream in standard at least just once. Um, but this card's bonkers in, in Commander, I think. I don't think it's it's not ban worthy because no. you're going to want to phase something out. You're going to go, ah, oh, crap. All right, I have to phase this thing. I but think it's going to be relevant. But you can phase out at instant speed. So you can Correct. wait till someone swings at Teferi and then yes. phase it out. That's crazy. Yep. That is crazy. I, yep, you treat it like it just doesn't exist. You, so, need an, so. you need an emblem on the original mono blue Teferi in order to do loyalty abilities at instant speed. This one just gets it. But only for him. But yes, yeah. The best part is if you have, if you have this, if you have this, and a chain veil, you're going up two each turn. Do you have to activate it every turn? This chain veil, I think, says until end of turn. Oh, you're right. You have to tap chain veil too. Yeah, but if you have some shenanigans to untap it, tap it. Oh, people will find shenanigans. Oh, for sure. Gotta love them. I don't know the shenanigans off the top of my head, but they they exist. Yeah. Someone's gonna do it. It it exists in... It exists with Estrid the Masked, so... Yeah. um, Really good stuff. For sure. (laughs) We're both gonna play it, so it's fair. We don't have to be mad at each other. You know what? I don't even... I think with Planeswalker decks, it's like, they're very easy to remove, but if you can do it with with um, 
you know, like Jota for Cassian for free, or if you have Fist of Sons or you have doubling season, they get out of hand really fast. So you just have to assess the threat, which is always doubling season and Jota, never really the Planeswalker. They're usually pretty fair when they don't have double the loyalty counters immediately. That's true. The only thing maybe I would target over that is Omniscience from your deck. Omniscience is gross. Yeah. And yesterday I ultimated an Ugin Spirit Dragon two times in one game. That's so that was gross. It was gross. I, I did win. I um, I sure hope so. <laughs> Jeez. If you would have said you lost after ultimating Ugin twice, I I don't I don't know what I would I I I'd, I'd, I'd get up and walk upstairs and leave you. He's alone. Like, I I'm done with this episode. You finish yeah, it. Jeez. <laughs> so those are I think the two blue cards we really there, there's a bunch of new stuff. Baron Talarian Archmage is very cool. You know I didn't I don't have anything prepared. I think there's going to be some fun shenanigans that are pulled with that card. Yeah. Um. And there's there's a lot of supporting cards in blue for for current commander decks. And I think as we do some episodes over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be circling back to a lot of these. So. Um, we just want to talk about the ones that we like today the most and think are going to see the most play pretty much right off the bat. Right. I do. I do. Just a quick note. I do like the spirits that they printed in blue. Impressed with the spirits. I think um, modern spirits is going to see a bump with this set. So Shacklegeist. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Tap, and, untap and, spirits and tap a creature and stuff. Yeah, and, I think. And, and ghostly pilferer as well. Yes, Ghostly Pilfer is is also, I mean, just alone, really good in Sig River Cutthroat, which we almost, which I lost to on stream just a couple weeks ago. You right. almost lost to it. I was very really close. <laughs> <laughs> um, moving on to black. So before I go over this card, so I told Coil in, I think it was, it was our New Year's resolution episode. I said, I will build a mono black deck this year. I'm just going to build one. And I got the Year of the Rats. Um, secret layer drop. And then like I had them and I had a list together and I was like, oh, I don't know if I want to play rats. Like, I don't know if I want to play this. So I just kind of have them sitting in my binder. And then Vito Thorn of the Dusk Rose was, was previewed. And I was like, okay, well, I, I guess if I have Sanguine Bond on a creature, maybe I could just play this deck. So like, stupid. It's so stupid. So Vito, I, I mean, stupid is in, stupid I absolutely is, love it, and I can't wait to lose to it. It's, it's I love it. It's amazing. I don't know why Wizards printed this card. I'm upset. So good. So good. <laughs> so it is a Vampire Cleric, a 1-3-4, 2 in a black that says whenever you gain life, target opponent loses that much life. And then it also has pay 3 black black, creatures you control gain lifelink until end of turn. I don't the the three five five yeah, me or three black black maybe it'll come into play. You've got sanguine bond. You've got um, a two card combo in the command zone now with exquisite blood. So this says when you gain life, target opponent loses life. Uh, uh, exquisite blood says when opponent loses life, you gain that much life. So you just have to get them to lose a life, and you kill the entire board. It's stupid. And um, you know this combo is also redundant in Viscopa Guildmage and Defiant Bloodlord. You just need the exquisite blood, which is now, you know, I traded mine away to our buddy who runs it. Now like a 40-some dollar card. Yep. So it's a, it's a little pricey, so maybe, uh, maybe we could see. That card is ripe for a reprint, though. I think we've talked about this. That'd be really nice to see in Commander Legends later this year. Um, but this card, I, I would build this in mono black. 
But you can't run Viscopa Guildmage in that because it's white black. But you can play Defiant Bloodlord. I mean, this, this is this is an amazing this this activates even outside of being a legendary himself. This activates so many different combos with Buried Alive to to throw the um, the vampire uh, Bloodlord and Defiant v- Bloodlord. Yeah, Defiant Bloodlord and Vito in the graveyard at the same time, and then just reanimate both of them because there's tons of spells that do that. Um, the fact that this is on a creature is crazy. The fact that this is two mana less than Sanguine Bond by itself is crazy. And the fact that this has an activated ability that turns on the combo itself is ridiculous. <laughs> it's great. I love yeah. Mono Black. This card is too strong. We'll see. We'll see. You know, I'm curious to see how many appear. What do we think? There's going to be... So when you look at EDH rec, there's a lot of... I've seen articles. They do... They It's like over under for 500. I think it's going to hit over 500 decks. It's... The only problem I see with it is it could be considered one trick pony. Yeah. Where you, you're going to run eight tutors and that tutor is immediately going to go find Sanguine Bond. Um, or it'll find, you know, your... Um, a different a, a different version of Sanguine Bond. It's a creature. If you reanimation spell in order to get your creature into whatever yeah. it is, but it's going to yeah. be the same the same combo every single time. I don't disagree with that, and it could get very boring. So a lot of them might get taken apart pretty quick. Right. So I don't know how much play it's going to see, but this deck is going to be strong. strong. I will say that this deck will be the strongest mono black deck in Commander from this set in Commander. really over crick yes oh all right interesting those are some strong that's that's powerful that's powerful okay Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you're the mono black expert i don't this is not my uh this is not my forte i'll I'll, I'll help you build the deck (laughs) okay any other mono black cards you wanted to mention i know we had a couple of reprints that were were noteworthy anything else new that you wanted to chat about um I, I did a quick Shiray check of Core 21, see if anything okay. is is hot for Shiray. Um, there is a 1-1 one, one creature. It is Arcfiend's Vessel. 1-1 uh, one, okay. one lifelink for one that says when it enters the battlefield, if it entered from your graveyard or you cast it from your graveyard, you exile it. If you do create a 5-5 five, five black demon creature token with flying, this does not work with Shiray because it has to exile itself. Shiray yeah. got zero cards from Core 21. Core 21 Shiray score zero out of five. <laughs> you want to move on to red? Let's do some red. All right. So I will have... I'm going to start with the one that... I'm really excited about, which is Fiery Emancipation. Three, red, red, red. If a source you control would deal damage to a permanent or a player, it deals triple that damage to that permanent or player instead. Um, thank you. Yeah, triple? Thank you for this card. Just, Why not? It's really good. So I play Torbrand. I love it. Um, but there is a note for Torbrand players. Um, it's not bad, but it's a little sad. But based on a ruling with Torbrand, um, Specifically with Torban, it says if an, if another effect modifies how much damage your red source would deal, including preventing it or the player um, being dealt damage or the controller of a permanent being dealt the damage, they, they choose the order in which uh, effects apply. So if you go to um, deal like one damage to an opponent, it they, if they if they go to apply this, they're going to apply it before Torbran. So if you go to deal one damage to an opponent, it's gonna deal one damage tripled to three, and then Torbran's gonna add two. Um, They are not going to add two and then triple that to make it nine. 
um, so it will just be five. So <clears throat> just keep that in mind. Um, there are some nuances with the way that these effects um, apply specifically with Torbran. Um, but Torbran is my burn dot deck. Um, so I don't know if I really care. I just want to blow things up and then hopefully land something to be really big after. Yeah. So fire sure. emancipation, still an auto include for me, just might not work exactly the way you think. Yeah. I'm pretty glad that they decided to ban fires of invention before printing this card into standard. Cause that would have been really nuts. Yeah. Yep. I agree. Any other thoughts on fire emancipation? Triple damage. What's not to love? So is this the beginning of our triple in all colors? So we have triple mana from Theros Beyond Death. Now we have triple burn. Are we going to get triple uh, draw cards, triple exile, and triple if you lose, I don't know, loss of life, you do something. What are we going to get? Triple tutor, baby. Tri oh my gosh. If you would tutor, tutor three times. <laughs> no, you so you tutor three times. You put one card in your graveyard, one card in your hand, and one card on the top of your deck. Mm, I okay. like it, personally. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, so, so that's Fire Emancipation. Yeah, next one we got is um, Conspicuous Snoop. Which oh, is, you mean Nosy Neighbor? or? Uh, if you want. Yeah, I mean, it is Nosy they're, they're, Neighbor. They're irreversible now. There's the same thing. Soup, or, you know? Nosy Neighbor. Nosy Neighbor. <laughs> it's a, this one's really nosy, though. They're actually looking in your house, not just, like, staring from their front lawn. They are leaving nose marks <laughs> on your window. <laughs> um, so this is going to be a, a Goblin Commander deck's favorite uh, card? Goblin card, I guess? Um, it reminds me of like a, a not Seder Wayfinder. What is the green reveal stop card of your deck and you can play lands from the top? Corsair of Crufix? Corsair of Crufix. It kind of feels like a goblin version of Corsair of Crufix. So it's a 2-2 goblin rogue for red red. It says play with the top of your library revealed. You may cast goblin spells from the top of your library. As long as the top card of your library is a goblin card, conspicuous snoop, aka nosy neighbor, has all activated abilities of that card. So people have already pointed out uh, Kiki Jiki Mirror Breaker um, with Conspicuous Snoop is really good because Conspicuous Snoop is not a legendary creature itself. So using Kiki Jiki's ability, it can make infinite copies of itself. They will be tapped, so you have to find a way to make that work for you. Um, on top of the fact that just any of the, of the Goblin Lords that have activated abilities on top of your deck, that's fantastic. There's probably some ways to break this. Like if you use Conspiracy and turn all creatures in your deck into goblins, this turns into a really weird version of Necrotic Ooze. Uh, maybe you can win doing something like that. But I know I have a Cranko deck uh, that plays a lot of those goblin lords with activated abilities. Conspicuous Snoop, absolutely it's going in the deck. Even Axe's card advantage because you can cast spells from the top of your library. Yeah, It's a great card for red. There's, there's there's red there's a mono red combo and a red black combo it combos mm -hmm. in both goblins so it they both require kiki jiki one is bogart harbinger and a, a sling gang lieutenant so you can make a million copies of the conspicuous snoop and then make a copy of the bogart harbinger and then tutor sling gang lieutenant to the top of your library and sack all the goblins to deal one um it says target player lose life and you gain a life so there's one but there's another version in mono red as well so if you if right. you're into red black goblins or mono red goblins does this does this have a combo for you yeah it's a, it's it's mog fanatic 
in mono red that I think is Sack of Goblin deals one damage to any target? I believe it is Mog Fanatic, yes. Because yeah. that was that was a combo we talked about when they released uh, Red Black Chainer. It looks like you can also do it in Grum Gully in red green with you've got Murderous Red Cap and Skirk Prospector as well. Grum so. Gully is the is the quietest, strongest gruel deck ever. The thing yeah. is insane. Yeah, yep, 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 yep. So I think I think you've got you've got combos. So I guess you have red, red green, red black. It's just it combos. It really yeah. likes the goblin combos. You know? Yeah, just a little, Go for little it. bit of goblin just combo. A, just a little goblin combo. <laughs> Um, and then the last red card that I have is actually from the Planeswalker decks. So mm. I am I am talking the Planeswalker deck, Chandra. Chandra Flames Catalyst. It is a uh, Planeswalker that costs four red red for five loyalty. Um, plus one, uh, Chandra deals three damage to each opponent. Uh, minus two, you can cast a, a target red uh, instant or sorcery from your graveyard. If that spell will be put into your graveyard this turn, exile instead. Or, my favorite, minus eight, discard your hand and then draw seven cards until end of turn you may cast spells from your hand without paying their mana costs. So, um, you know, uh, again, this, de- the, this set has given me some Planeswalker goodness. Um, Joda wants this. It's going to replace something else. Um, <clears throat> you get, you essentially get um, omniscience from your hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, dr- you draw seven, and uh, it's really easy to ultimate this on, on one turn when you can play Deep Glow Skate or you have Doubling Season because it happens the same exact turn, which is uh, way easier than you would think yeah. to have them happen. So um, I'm really looking forward to playing this Chandra Um and, and a lot of the Planeswalker decks seem to, to have fairly fair or maybe even underwhelming abilities in most instances. Yeah. This Chandra's bonkers. It's really good. It's it's um, very reminiscent of Ugin the Spirit Dragon's ultimate, where you gain seven life, draw seven cards, but you put up to seven permanents on the battlefield. <clears throat> you do not cast them. So right. if you're looking for cast triggers, if you're looking to cast things that aren't permanents, just Chandra is exclusively better exclusively exclusively better i really like it so um any other red cards that you have for us today there's actually a few so i won't go too too in depth into all of them um but terror of the peaks being a war storm surge on a creature is huge for um the new perforo sneak attack deck um oh i didn't even think about that you do have that deck that's really good yeah so being able to just sneak it out and you know you will you'll have to discard it or something but as a one trick uh, try to just kill everyone uh, in one turn. Super good card. Uh, if it's the one card that you cast, it's only five mana for a 5-4 yeah. <laughs> flying. Whenever someone targets it, they have to pay an additional three life and right. then has War Storm Surge. This, this is way too much power on a card. Again, Core 21, what are you doing? I love it. Um, Brash Taunter is our new stuffy doll. Uh, so for four and a red, you get an indestructible 1-1 goblin. It says whenever it's dealt damage, it deals that much damage to target opponent. Um, so, you know, you lay down your Age of Extinction to do 20 damage to every creature, and then you get to hit something <laughs> for 20 because your brash taunter didn't die. Are you going to put this in, in your Fire Song and Sunspeaker deck? 
I don't know if I'm going to upgrade Fire Song Sound Speaker or rip that deck apart. So that's it's kind of halfway in between right now. Okay, you haven't decided. Undecided, undecided. And then I think Double Vision is um, a very, very good enchantment that people may be overlooking. We, we talked about it a lot when it came out. I haven't heard people talk about it since. Uh, three red red, an enchantment says, whenever you cast your first instant or sorcery spell each turn, copy that spell. You may choose new targets for the copy. Um, so this is like a, a bonus round would be or something or a, a, a fork or a double cast, but it's on every turn. It's only your first spell, but every turn. Yeah. So um, I think that's huge, huge, huge. Uh, and I'm sure we'll talk about some of these other legendary creatures in the mono colors like Subira uh, at a different episode. Yeah. And then multicolor, <clears throat> we have a couple of cards. Sanctum of All. Oh, oh, green. You're right. Green is a color that um, I skipped right over. Um, I totally because, understand why, because everyone hates green right now. Uh, you know what? I Yeah. Well, you know, Azusa Lost But Seeking is the only card that I really uh, cared about. There's that, that was reprinted here. Not that not that anything isn't good, but that was the one that I thought was uh, most relevant, and I didn't have any new cards I was going to chat about. Other um, than, I guess, I like the fight one. Yeah, so Primal Might is one that yeah. you talk to me about a lot. X and a green target creature you control gets plus X plus X until end of turn. Then it fights up to one target creature you don't control. So you can pay zero into that X and just have it be a one-mana fight. Um I do think it was pretty important that they reprinted Heroic Intervention uh, to bring yes. the price of that card down. I know we talked about that as I well. I forgot to put that in the reprints. That is a very important card. Yeah, so that card was going up to upwards of like $20 a, a card, I believe. Uh, it was a rare from Kaladesh or Aether Revolt. I think it was Aether Revolt. Um, and so we're getting that reprinted, which is great. Uh, all of your permanents get hexproof and indestructible, not just your creatures, not just your non-lands. All of your permanents gain indestructible. Uh, for a two mana instant, super good. Um, but the one, the one creature I had, which I think is still absolutely ridiculous. I've said this a lot. I think these cards are doing too much in Core Twenty One. I think uh, ramp power power creep is super real. Uh, Elder Gargaroth, a three green green six six beast with vigilance, reach, and trample. I should be done, and that's a fair card. However. When Elder Gargaroth attacks or blocks, choose one. Create a 3-3 three, three green beast creature token. You gain three life or draw a card. Mm. Hey, this thing, it's got vigilance, so it doesn't even need to tap to attack in order to activate its thing. If your opponent is doing a go-wide strategy, you're going to be able to block every turn and gain three life or create another blocker with a 3-3. Three, three. Card, consistent card draw in green. It doesn't have hexproof or anything, but who cares? This thing costs five mana. This is crazy. Yeah, it's it is very good. It doesn't have haste. Is the only thing that I, I'm sad it's missing. Get rid of that. Get rid of the. Get rid of the. Reach. No, get rid of the trample. It's fine. Get rid no, of the trample. I'd rather have trample. Yeah, I mean, sure, but if you want to make it better, give it haste and remove the good one. Trample. Maybe. I mean, but vigilance. Then, give rid then of the we vigilance just get. Though. Then we just get questing beasts. You add that <laughs> touch to it. No, it's but this. Fine. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this in the Yeva deck for sure. Uh, this oh, is just a yeah. really solid mono green creature. Great. I hate it. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Wonderful. <laughs> um, any other green cards you have? I hate that Scooz is back. St stay away from my graveyard. Yeah. Cultivate got a cool art. Cultivate did get a cool art. But, um, and then I think we should maybe dedicate a little more time to shrines in a future episode. 
Yeah, we can. Um, the shrines that the foil, the foil spiked. You can still get the non-foils for re reasonable prices. But um, uh, so we have uh, a shrine card that cares about shrines. At the beginning of your upkeep, you can search your library or a graveyard for a shrine and put it on the battlefield. And or a graveyard for a shrine, put it onto the battlefield. If you search your library, shuffle it. If an ability of another shrine you control triggers, when you control six or more shrines, it triggers an additional time. You got shrine tribal. I and hope we graveyard. see some more shrines. And or graveyard. Got to remember. Can it be in your graveyard, Quan? And, and yes, graveyard. it can be in your graveyard. Oh, it says oh. and or graveyard. Oh my gosh. So look for that. Um, Ren and Siri, Coyle was talking about um, in, our, in our chats. Um, he doesn't have an Aya deck. He's like, maybe I'll build Cat Dog Tribal. Yeah. And it, it does say dog cat, but this is cat dog. It's, so, it's, yeah. Sorry, um, wizards, you're wrong. Sorry, you're wrong. And then uh, Nayambi, esteemed speaker, uh, flash 2-1. When, uh, when Nayambi, esteemed speaker, enters the battlefield, you can return another target creature you control to its owner's hand. If you do, gain life equal to its CMC for one and a blue. Um, she's 2-1. And then she has pay one, a white and a blue, tap, discard a legendary card to draw two cards. I haven't seen a whole lot of discussion on this yet. I feel like this is one of those sleeper cards that's just waiting for something to be found. Um, I, I, I like cards like this. It reminds me, and I don't know why it reminds me of this, but it reminds me of the um, Temet of Noctimon, something of Noctimon, the, the Eternalize, Eternalize? Yeah. From, um, it's, it's not, it's not, not the same in any way. It just, I don't know why I go to it, but it makes me think of, yeah, that, that card. That one's blue white tokens matter <laughs> unblockable. Yeah, but it just it reminds me like that card didn't get enough love, and I've played against that deck before, and mm -hmm. it it did a lot of work. And yeah. I feel like this could probably there's something here, and this looks like one of those cards where they printed it here, but like next year there's going to be like two cards printed that are going to matter. Sure, I, I, it just makes me think of that. So I this can be played in a blank deck too. So. Yeah, and if you have like a, I mean, the first thing I thought it was like a mimic vat or something. <clears throat> Although I think mimic vat it has to die, but something that catches it as it goes to graveyard, like a legendary spell, maybe you can cheat something big out with this. Yeah, guy. You've, you've got rune and um, afara. They both yeah. care about creatures. You know, I think I think this card's really cool. Any other multicolored spells that you have? Uh, Rada Heart of Keld um, yeah. is pretty cool. Uh, so it's Gruel, one, a green, and a red. You get a 3-3 three, three Elf Warrior as long as it's your turn. Rada, Heart of Keld has first strike. Uh, you may look at the top card of your library anytime. You may play lands from the top of your library. And for four, a red and a green, Rada gets plus X plus X until end of turn, where X is the number of lands you control. So it's kind of like Gruel, um, Lands Matter, Voltron, which... It seems, I mean, you can build a Lands Matter deck and, and Rada can be your alternate win condition, which is actually really cool. I think it's going to be a pretty strong Gruul deck. It, it seems like fun. I don't have a Gruul deck yet. I don't know if I'm in love with Rada, but it's, it, it's, I, I'll put it on the, I'll put it on the, the board. If it's well into lands, if it's really well into Lands Matter decks, you've got Omnath, you have Lord Windgrace, you have, um, the uh the mina and den wild speaker i think you guys have i think there's a lot of this fits really well into other decks and this could be one of those i have a gruel lands matters deck and today i you pick one of my three commanders and they all fit perfectly this is a, a deck that i would build so i could do exactly that that'd be fun just 
Yeah, I already run both of the, I run Omnath and Mina and Den, so I could just throw this into Omnath. It seems like it fits really well. Yeah. So. Uh, it's, it's a shame it doesn't have an ETB, like a, a landfall trigger on it itself. Right. But you, as long as you run enough support with landfall triggers, that deck is going to roll. And we've got Zendikar Rising coming out, so, mm-hmm. you know, expect that. Um, we did tweet about cards that people were excited to play. Uh, we got some responses, Fire Emancipation. And then the one that we didn't talk about is Peer into the Abyss. Uh, we talked about it. This card, it's it's very good. It's just very expensive at four, black, black, black. But its target player draws cards equal to half the number of cards in their library and then loses half their life. Relevant, because you can just make somebody else draw, and perhaps they draw um, or they're going to lose a lot of life, um, but also pretty gross, pretty gross artwork with faces out of its eyes and faces out of its mouth, and then more out of its mouth and more. Yeah, it's. it's I, I heard really the, gross. I think the this artwork was inspired by I think it was a Salvador Dali painting where he had like a man whose eyes were his own face and blah 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 blah. Oh, so it was it, okay. It's, it's pretty cool. But yeah, play yeah. this in play this in Villas, cast it on yourself, and draw three quarters of your library. It's pretty pretty fun. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> <laughs> um, those are the cards that we are excited to play with. Um, and I know I was saving this for the end, but we last week also played with Tap That MTG on our stream. So Leslie and Shauna joined us. And we had a lot of fun playing Plane Chase. So if you haven't checked that out, it's actually, uh, those videos are on our YouTube page. Um, the deck list, Shauna and Leslie are sending those over to us. You can check out their decks. Um, but we will be playing again with them next week for um, a stipulation game. So we are playing with uncommon commanders. So we already have Slimefoot and Coil has Shiray. And, um, you know, we said, well, let's maybe build decks that we don't have. So I know we talked about it on the episode when we talked about commanders that we just never see played. And um, one of the ones that I kind of, that came out of left field, honestly, because I have literally never played against it to this day, still have never seen it. Have you? I don't think you have. Um, no, I have not. Is Rona, Disciple of Gix. So this is the deck that I'm building. It's a blue-black deck. I don't play blue-black very often. Um, I play blue. I have some some decks with black, but I don't really play blue-black other than my Lizard the Multifarious deck. So Rona, Disciple of Gix, is an uncommon 2-2 human artificer for one, a blue, and a black that says when Rona enters the battlefield, you may exile target historic card from your graveyard. So historic cards are artifacts, legendary cards, and sagas. Um, Rona says you may cast non-land cards exiled uh, with Rona, and then you can pay four and tap it to exile the top card of your library. So it's a pretty combo-centric deck. The build that I put together, I was trying to find a way for it not to be completely um, gross. It seems (laughs) like if you don't want it to be completely gross, it, it... might not do a whole lot. So I, I am trying to um, mitigate that by just not playing tutors. Like all the cards that make it gross are gonna be in it, but I can't just go grab them to make the game end immediately because that's not that's not really fun. If I wanna upgrade the deck, I could certainly add the tutors in, <clears throat> but for the deck that I ultimately want to finish and that will post along with the episode, we'll have some tutors included. Just know on the episode that I play, I will um, amend this so that it's not so gross. So um, this deck is just playing a ton of artifacts. 
Um, so I'm lighter on lands than I usually am, which is a little weird. I usually play 37. I'm at 35, contemplating going down to 34 or 33. I could probably go lower. Coil is pointing down because he has lower. seen, he prices, has seen prices right. my deck list. Lower. Lower. <laughs> and so <clears throat> I'm also contemplating whether or not I want to um, play snow-covered basics to play uh, artifacts and spells that care about snow-covered um, or snow permanence. I don't, I don't, I didn't open very much Modern Horizons, but I know Coyle did, so he probably has a bunch I could get from him. I have um, a lot. Yeah. So <clears throat> I'm running 25 artifacts in this deck. I have um, Arcane Signets, I have Lotus Petal, uh, Mind Stone, Soul Ring, uh, Talisman of Dominance, Thought Vessel. Um, Lots of artifacts that are going to tap for mana, but then I have some artifacts that, that do other things. I'll get to those in a minute that actually have relevant abilities. Um, creatures here. I have lots of artifact creatures. I am playing uh, some mirrors. Or, I'm sorry, I've I've been pronouncing this wrong based on everything that I see. Everybody calls them mers. So this deck is playing some mers. Specifically, uh, shout out to Is It Nick, it's playing Mirror Battlesphere. So, Mirror Battlesphere. Mirror <laughs> Battlesphere. Uh, so, yeah, a 4-7 um, that when it enters the battlefield, you create four 1-1 one, one colorless Mirror artifact creature tokens. Whenever Mirror Battlesphere attacks, you may tap X untapped Mirror. Uh, if you do, Mirror Battlesphere gets plus X plus O until end of turn, and you deal X damage directly to that player's face. Um, really good at, at swinging, but is also really good at just putting other artifacts on the battlefield for one of the combos, uh, which is Deadeye Navigator and uh, Time Sieve. So you blink your Mer Battle Sphere, you make four Mer, um, and then you tap Time Sieve, which is an artifact, blue black. Uh, it says tap, sacrifice five artifacts to take an extra turn. If you can land both of your Deadeye Navigator and Mirror Battle Sphere with Time Sieve, you do in fact go infinite. You just have to have uh, four mana total, which yeah. at that point you likely have four whole mana. Um, so that's that's the first you know real um, combo in the deck. Um, you have um, if if you want to. To be that person, you can play Dramatic Reversal and Isochron Scepter. Um, I think you do want to be that person in this deck. It, it, it is a pretty um, gross combo. But it untaps your Rona, and if you have a couple artifacts out, you have infinite mana. So Rona can um, pay four, tap, and exile the top card of your library. And what you do is you just keep exiling until you exile Jace Wielder of Mysteries, which can be cast because it's a legendary permanent. And then you just exile all the cards from your library and activate your Jace, and, and, and you just win off of Jace. So that's, that's another combo in the deck. Um, it has ways to make infinite mana. It, 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 but I, like I said, I think it's a little bit more fair if you're not tutoring for any of it. It just has to come together, which I think makes the deck not completely awful. Um, to play against. I'm playing Conjurer's Closet to blink Rona. I am playing uh, artifacts that you can sacrifice themselves to do something like Nile Spellbomb. You sack it to exile all cards from Coil's graveyard. No. Um, and then when it's put into a graveyard, you can pay black if you do draw a card. And then Rona can come in immediately, exile it, and then you can play it. So you each, the one thing specifically about Rona is it's it does look for that one instance that Rona was cast. It's not forever. So it doesn't work like Marisol the Pretender. It is only cards that have been exiled that one specific time. If Rona gets blinked, 
those cards are forever gone. So that is one thing that from a competitive perspective, if you're looking at this from a CDH perspective, that kind of hinders Rona. But if you have Isochron Scepter Dramatic Reversal, it doesn't matter because they're all in the same instance of Rona. Um, so it's just a, you know, a little combo-y deck. I do play Mesmeric Orb and uh, Basalt Monolith to mill, to mill your deck so you can get a bunch of things into your graveyard and then again cast Rona and hopefully get that Jace Wilder of Mysteries. Um, but if all else fails, you can just play March of the Machines. It's an, it's an enchantment that says all non-creature artifacts are creatures with power and toughness equal to their mana cost. So you can just swing out with your animated army. Uh, the machines are marching. And then... Uh, I threw in the Antiquities War. Uh, it's a saga that says uh, on chapters one and two, you'll give the top five cards of your library. You can put an artifact um, from among them. You reveal those five and you put one uh, of those into your hand and the rest in the bottom of your library in any order. And then uh, the last chapter is artifacts you control become artifact creatures with base power and toughness five, five until end of turn. So um, relevant win cons. I think it'll be really fun. I threw in creatures like Emery Lurker of the Lock because I have a foil one, so why not? She of course. synergizes. Baleful Strix, I now own one because I opened a box of mystery boosters. Mm -hmm. So Flying Death Touch uh, Artifact Creature Bird draws cards. So I'm, I'm really excited to play this deck on, on Monday. So stay tuned. We'll, we'll tweet when we're going to go live. And then um, we'll obviously, we'll, we'll likely be recording the video. We can post that on YouTube. So this is Rona. Um, I'm really excited to have this deck built because I, I think I might be the only person I know in at least our area that has it that we For can sure. play with. So um, I'm excited. Yeah, it should be a lot of fun. I yeah. am, I haven't finished my list yet. And what are you building? So I'm, you're also going to build an un, a new uncommon commander for this. I am. I am not going to play Shirei because I don't own an uncommon copy of Shirei. I only own OG uh, style <laughs> rare Kamigawa Shirei, the way you're supposed to play Shirei. No, um, I'm going to be playing Tetsuko uh, Umazawa. Who, mono blue. It is, it is mono blue, um, small butts and small front butts matter. Uh, so creatures you control with power or toughness one or less can't be blocked. And it's a 1-3 for one and a blue. Uh, yeah. It's, it's going to be about all the cards that have one, one toughness or one power that draw cards when they attack or they're not blocked. Ninjutsu is going to be a thing. Um, That's and great. Outside of that, maybe we'll counter a spell or two. <laughs> nice. Well, stay tuned for that. That's coming up this week on Monday. Um, and also check out Tap That MTG on Twitter. Uh, we also played with Commander Social this past Friday. So check out Commander Social on Twitter. They were really fun. We played some Commander with them. Um, they, they did really well. Um, yeah. So um, that's about it for this week. Thank you all for listening. If you want to contact us, you can find our podcast on Twitter at GuardianPod. You can find me at ATFlory. You can find me at WormCoilEngine. And you can also email us at guardianprojectpod at gmail.com. Again, if you're on Discord and you're interested in joining the discussion, send us a message. We'd be happy to have you in there. And uh, other than that, we will see you all next week. Goodbye. See ya. So you can't call it Mers. You have to call it Mir. Because the block and the plane are called Mirrodin. It's not called Muradin. I think it's... I've always called it Mir. So it's I'm just be. so... I can't get past calling it Mur. I tell you right now, I'm not going to cast a spell and call it Muradin Besieged. <laughs> it's not going to happen. <laughs>